You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. I am joined today by Graham Couch. He's a columnist at the Lansing State Journal and also host, co-host of Couch and the Rube. You can hear that in the Lansing area. Graham, you wrote an article and it came out yesterday. I read it and we had a long conversation. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast so you can kind of elaborate. You talked to Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker in this article talked about how Michigan State is behind when it comes to NIL. Kind of explain, you know, how this conversation took place and and, and what you felt like Mel, the message Mel was trying to get out to the people. Yeah, it was it was just a, you know, a, a sit down interview heading into the season and the conversation went a number of different ways. But included in that, you know, as we were sort of talking about the future of the program and where things were, uh, you know, he brought up the point that what other schools were spending on NIL or a couple other schools, at least in the conference. Um, and, you know, he also uh, brought up the idea that Michigan State was had been a year behind in recruiting the NIL. And I think there's, you know, we hear a lot about Michigan State and NIL and how they've been on the front foot of a lot of things. And I think there are things they've been very good with in terms of how NIL was intended to necessarily be, right? That And, and sort of facilitating um, endorsement opportunities for athletes with with companies who, who would like to, to like to sign them up. And they've done a nice job with, with all of that. Um, but we know where NIL is. It's a, it's a guise for uh, paying athletes in a lot of ways and recruiting athletes. Um, and that's what it's become. And, and I think in terms of that, what Mel Tucker was saying is they were a year behind in beginning to use NIL in the recruiting process. Uh, and, um, you know, and so that, that's, that's basically where that came from. Now he's not, you know, you, you can see a lot of coaches out there who have sort of done this and sort of sent this message and sounded this alarm. So to what degree it's it's actually an alarm versus, you know, how much he's just trying to sort of poke donors and fans and remind people that this is an all-in process. Um, you know, I think that may be some of it. Well, it's funny, Graham, because I was going to ask you, is this something, was this like a, a, a red flag or a bat signal to donors saying, hey, guys, I need more money if you want me to be competitive? Or is he simply saying, maybe Michigan State's just not going to be that competitive because you could take it one of two ways because a lot of people, they look at his salary, they look at all the things that, you know, Ishby is building and it's like, okay, you're doing all of that. You're taking care of the certain people, but you're not necessarily bringing the players in that are are going to allow you to play with the Penn States and the Michigans and the Ohio States and the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I think the hard thing is his salary, right? When you're making nine and a half million, it's never a great look to act like you don't have enough resources when donors have been behind you in a lot of ways. And, you know, maybe the future of, if, if this is the model, and I'm not sure it is, and he even, I didn't include this in the article, but, you know, he was saying recruits don't know, agents don't know, coaches don't know. Nobody knows exactly 
what this is going to look like, you know, a couple years down the road. Um, but it may be the future of this is you don't pay coaches nine and a half million. Like if you're going to hit your donors up to help pay for a coach, don't do that. Use them uh, for ways to, to pay for NIL and, and, and things of that nature. Um, it is a good question. Cause I do. Wait, wait, think so you're saying like the coach makes seven and instead of making nine and a half, I'll make 8 million, put aside a million and a half for NIL. Well, I'm saying like, if you look at Mel Tucker's contract, he's making about nine and a half million a year. Right. And about 7 million of that is coming from the school. The rest is coming from, you know, Ishvia, St. Andre, whatever. And I'm saying in the future. Yeah. Is Mel Tucker. I mean, you're not telling me there aren't a lot of good coaches out there who would happily take less than nine and a half million. And you use, you, you, you know, you use, you allocate money that you would use from donors and other things towards NIL. If that's going to be the model, I, I don't know that this is what's sustainable. I think what's interesting about this too, and, and you can sort of, you get a sense that donors everywhere, this is not going to be something that's sustainable where big donors are just going to keep year after year fronting massive amounts of, of money for, uh, for players, because there, there really isn't that much return on investment other than your team winning, right? There isn't, it's not like an endorsement where, you know, you know, as we were talking yesterday, the idea of like State Farm with, with Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Chris Paul, like they think they're getting something out of that. This is marketing dollars for it, it's 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 sort of a yes, the market value is this because people are willing to pay it. But there's not really you're not really getting out of it what you put in other than seeing your team win. So I don't know where that's going to go. I do think to your other point, though, about for Michigan State just not being that good. The challenge for MSU is that people do not ache for football year-round like they do certain places because Tom Izzo and the basketball program can change the vibes in November, can change the focus. And when you have – when you will not find another place where people care about basketball the way they do at Michigan State where the football program wins at a really high level consistently. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard – because ultimately your resources go where – your priorities are and where you care about. And there are places that absolutely are obsessed with football year round. And that's an advantage financially to a football program. And, and that's, that's going to be something MSU's probably never going to be able to completely overcome. If that's important to overcome, you can put all the reasons, like they've got the big 10 media money, media rights money coming. They've got plenty of resources to, to win um, or, or, or to fund a football program and do it well. But if you're also requiring a fan base and donor base to continually put in differently financially than they've done before. Um, and that's the model and to which, you know, if you're ever going to um, elevate a program to the level that I think fans are dreaming could happen, and maybe that's, you know, just not in the cards. So when we're talking with Graham Couch, uh, Lansing State Journal columnist and co-host of Couch and the Rube, so, Graham, does it boil down to now Mel Tucker has to add a new hat and he has to become a fundraiser where he has to go in and he has to find those alums who you don't necessarily have to be a billionaire, but you have money that you want to donate to NIL projects. Or is this something that goes above him and this becomes an Alan Haller type of thing? Yeah, I mean, the athletic director, one, I mean, one of the reasons athletic director jobs aren't as good as they used to be is that job is a lot of fundraising, right? That 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 is a a big part of the job. I, I do know after Michigan state went 11 and two, and then in, during the course of that season, the height of the buzz that really helped reconnect MSU with some donors and unlock some things around the country that 
uh, some things have been sort of lost during the pandemic and in the late D'Antonio years a little bit. And so there is a correlation too between exciting the fan base and winning and momentum and and some of that as well. And I think that would would help. Um, unfortunately, you, you know what, what Mel Tucker is sort of saying is you you've got to sort of do some of those things ahead of some of the funds, ahead of some of the winning uh, to get there. So I mean, yes, for for Mel Tucker, I'm sure there's some of that. I mean, you see him hanging out with Ishbia all the time. Um, but I think for Michigan State, it's it's beyond, you know, Ishbia and St. Andre. This has to be, there are a lot of pretty high, when I say mid-level donors, I'm pretty high, you know, below that level, but people with money that you, you've got to really tap into those resources and be creative if this is the model and if this is what you're going to do and this is if this is who you want to be. And it's okay to me if, if, if that's not it. If you want to have, I mean, I think it's also important to understand Michigan State is not, Michigan State has a decent NIL, like their, their basketball players and, 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 and a number of their football players uh, are doing fine from an NIL perspective. That, that is not the issue. They, they just haven't been recruiting using that tool. And, um, and there but are yeah, places. But when you see a guy like Keon Coleman basically say, I used Michigan State for a couple of years, like a minor league, and now I'm going to go make do some better things down at, in the South at Florida State, it leads you to wonder is Michigan state really a have not dressed up like they are a half? I think Michigan state's a have. it's not the top half. There's no question. But when you just look in terms of the number of athletic departments that actually make money and, or at least break even every year, Michigan state's one of them. They're one of the few they're, they're, they're lucky in that sense. Are there places that have more? Yes. Um, but overall Michigan state's going to be fine uh, there. And, and um, you know, and, and you know, Keon Coleman, I'm not sure how what he got from Florida State financially. I don't think it was all driven uh, that way. Um, but, you know, I know, like, th their basketball team is doing fine. And a number of guys are under contracts in their football team. And to what, you know, I hear numbers. You, you, you don't have those numbers on record, you know, and that's the hard part about this. None of this is really – it's not stuff you can FOIA. And, 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 Wait, and you're talking about Michigan school. State, not Florida State, right? Correct, correct. Okay. So, I mean, Michigan State is not – is not like not playing the NIL game. They're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're doing it both the, the way that, that, that was sort of intended to be. And they're also, you know, paying guys a, a, a fair amount or, or helping, you know, guys get a fair amount through NIL. Uh, they're, they're key guys and, and, and they're, they're, they're basketball players. I mean, Tyson Walker didn't come back just because he loves East Lansing. I mean, I, I am pretty confident that Tyson Walker is making more this year at Michigan State through NIL than he would be in Europe if he had left. Right. So th th there's that component of it. Um, and so it's not like that this is some, you know, but th the thing is, if you're what, what Mel Tucker's trying to say, and he also said in the piece, you know, is he has been at LSU, he has been at Georgia, he's been at Alabama, he's been at Ohio state and he knows the type of players they bring in and the understanding of what the goal is, the goal, the, Ultimately, Michigan State is much more similar to Wisconsin and Iowa in terms of who it recruits and, and the level and, and, and sort of, and that's what it has been. And what I think Michigan State fans would dream is that they're with Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan and Clemson. And if you want to do that, there is another level that you've got to go to. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Graham, I guess the, the million dollar question is, why did Mel say this? Why did he put that out there on the record so that because to some it looks as if he's in over his head. But I guess what, what was the point and what was his end game for saying this? Yeah. And, and Mel Tucker is usually a pretty careful uh, talker like he doesn't you know, he doesn't say things he doesn't want out there. He doesn't, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I think he was definitely trying to um, make it known, if not send a message that there is, you know, another level. I mean, one of the things we were talking about sort of the expectations and, you know, that's, I, I if I remember the conversation exactly how we got into this, but, you know, the idea that people expect greatness and yet there are these other avenues, you know, that y- you have to have to get there and that people don't really necessarily understand that. I think he's trying to get MSU to get under the D'Antonio era. The coaching staff was underpaid relative to the winning that was going on. They, you know, even though if you look at the 2010 recruiting class and you did a hindsight, you know, ratings of 24 seven or on three or whatever, that, that class could compete with anybody in the country, be the one, two or three with the number of pros who came out of that. But overall, the way D'Antonio won and the it just it, and it didn't turn out to be sustainable. But it was it, it was something that it's really really hard to do, and there, you know, that's that probably not going to be able to be replicated. And I think what he's trying to say is there is, you know, he's trying to alert people that if you want this, you got to want it. You have to be part of this. And this goes back to to me, you know, and, and he stopped using going after like crowd size at spring games and things like that. You know, trying to let people know if you if you want this, you're a part of this. Like this is this is on you. If if you know, and in the NIL world, it, there is some truth to it. If if you're a frustrated fan at any point with your program, and you're not giving a percentage of your disposable income to that program, then you really aren't going to have room to complain because this is the game now. Like it or not, I don't. It's not as fun maybe for a lot of people. It's not what college football used to be, but this is. This is what is um, a lot of places. Does that mean you can't build it decently another way? Like, I still think, 
you know, you can, you can recruit a lot. There are a lot of kids who aren't in the recruiting process, you know, just wide eyed about whatever dollar figure they can get. I think a lot, I think one of the real dangers for anybody, especially the 17, 18 year olds, but you know, you learn this lesson later in life too, is doing things just for the money. Right. You want to go someplace you want to be. And so I do think some of this will work itself out. You're already seeing that with kids where promises are broken in NIL. You're already seeing tons of problems at Miami. You've seen Texas A&M back off quite a bit on, on some of their, I mean, there's a, this is a. Yeah. A I mean, he, he got uh, to a from Texas A&M who basically got a big check to go there and then decided this isn't the place for me. This is what I so, want. yeah, you are seeing where a lot of kids are taking the initial check and then going and following their heart. It's almost like, you know, you marry for money the first time and then you marry for love the second time. Well, and, and, and somebody who did this well a long time ago was ahead of the game before this existed. But if you talk to like Saudi Washington when he was at Oakland, you know, he, he they would recruit kids. They knew they weren't going to get, but they could tell that kid was going to make a mistake <laughs> where, mm -hmm. where he was going. And they were like, we'll get you on the back end. And they would get the transfers. And I think there's some of that to recruiting, too. It's just, you know, keeping relationships alive, realizing you know, kids may get, you know, wide-eyed about all. Look, my first job out of college, I mean, I, I eventually didn't go to this place, but the first job I accepted was I was offered 30 grand. I had never seen 30 grand. Now, this is 2002. It seemed like the most money. Like, what could you even do with that much money? And it was completely made for the money and it was a mistake. And I realized it before I went, but I'm, I'm just saying if you're 17 right. and especially if you don't come from a, a lot of means and, and you've got coaches throwing and, or, or, you know, groups, collectives throwing big money at you, you're going to make these mistakes. That's never going to go away. I think the one thing MSU has going for it um, in, in this, you just from talking to recruits and talking to players and is that, they're pretty straightforward about what they are. Like what you see is what you get. And when, when, when recruits leave there and come there, they feel like they've, they've gotten an honest experience. And I think that will help with retention. Now you'll still lose some, I mean, you know, um, but I, yeah, I, I, you know, it, I, but I think Mel is trying to say, you know, if, if you want the highest level, there is a way to get there, but you've got to actually want it. And wanting it isn't just sort of saying, I want that. Wanting it is actually doing something about it. So you think it was a calculated message that he put out there? Hey, guys, either get on board with me or you really got nothing to complain about. I, I can't imagine, you know, like just in my previous dealings with Mel Tucker, he, he does not, he is not like messed up a lot in terms of what he has said, you know, and that, and that was a free flowing conversation. And, he, you know, I don't think he was, it wasn't, you know, trying to get certain points across and it wasn't coach speak. And it was, um, but I also, I mean, he would not have said that if he was, didn't want people to hear it. Gotcha. Well, Graham, since I have you here, is it a, and you follow the team, you're a lot closer to it than I am lately. Cause I spent more time here in Detroit. Noah Kim starting quarterback coming out the uh, preseason. That would, that would be my, Best guess. Uh, I asked Mel about that too. You know, he, he said he didn't know yet. I don't know if they actually do know or not. But if I if I had to, my, my hunch is that it'll be Noah Kim as the day one starter, first snap at Central Michigan. I would be surprised if there's not a role built in for Caton Hauser. And I don't know where it'll go from there. I think it'll it, it could play out into the season. And, and because you know, you look at the history of Michigan State and quarterbacks. 
I was about to say, please tell me this won't be a Cousins nickel type of thing where they flip back and forth for an entire season. Yeah, you you, you would hope not. And the other thing is, though, at some point, like the history of Michigan State quarterbacks, rarely is the more heralded guy actually won the job or, or wound up working out, you know, and True. at some point that's got to actually happen. <laughs> at some point you think just the odds are that the guy who's the, the more heralded quarterback would. Um, but I do think you it might play out through September. Like you, you've got a, a stretch there going into the bye week where you have uh, Washington, Maryland at home, and then at Iowa. And mm-hmm. you're going to be in some tough spots. Some adversity is going to strike. You're going to need to score. You're going to need to keep pace with Washington. You're going to need to be there. I think you, you'll, I think Michigan state's quarterback situation and whether they really have one and which one it is and will reveal itself. See, I got to think about Washington, you're going to know. I I think I look at the first two games as kind of the, all right, we could see what you have. But by Washington, whoever starts that Washington game, that's who they want to be the quarterback. Now, if you screw it up, they'll replace you. But I think starter for Washington is that's our starter for the year. That's right. And and, and I could see that. I mean, Noah Kim to me, like this is just sort of from the human perspective. Here's a guy who's waited his turn. He has been, you know, he has all the the leadership capabilities. He's shown some real potential in garbage time. Like, I, you know, you if, if if things are at all equal, you're you're going to give that guy a chance to be under center to start the season against Central Michigan. It's also easier to me to replace the older guy with a new guy when he's gotten a chance than have the new guy go out there, something go wrong, and then then you've kind of screwed something up. The weird thing about the whole situation too is with Sam Levitt being a true freshman, another really heralded guy they recruited. I don't, um, I think that gives you a little bit of like, yes, you want Caton Hauser to have a good career and, and they would love it if he became the guy, but you're not worrying about what happens with him. Like if, right. if, if, if he gets beat out this year, isn't ready or, or Michigan state doesn't wind up being his place. you got another guy who's just as heralded right behind him. The other thing that's weird is that fifth year COVID year, I think, is a challenge um, for coaches, for everybody at this point. Noah Kim technically could have three years left. And in a lot of ways, he's a very young quarterback. I mean, that was part of like, I do wonder if the the Peyton Thorne situation works out a little differently if the COVID year didn't exist. And this was truly the last year he could play quarterback there. Mm -hmm. Like if you you think about that, because then then you've got a situation where a year from now, you'd have a, a redshirt sophomore. Uh, Kaden Hauser, redshirt freshman Sam Levitt in the mix sort of competing against each other and Noah Kim perhaps as well. Whereas, you know, you didn't know how long Peyton Thorne was going to be in the program. You don't know how long Noah Kim is going to be in the program. It's a it's a weird situation. And, and it, it just, with the ability to transfer and play right away, and it, it just adds one more dynamic to those, those decisions. Graham, I'm going to leave with this last question. Any similarities to 2023 season to 2021, where you had unknown at quarterback, transfer running back coming in, a lot of question marks on defense. No one really knew what to expect. And, oh, by the way, you were coming off of a god-awful year the year before. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, Nathan Carter winds up being Kenneth Walker, you know, you you wind up with, you know, like – we didn't see coming in 2021 was Kenneth Walker, right? I mean, that's, that's it. And the line wind up holding up the defense held up, but, but Walker created this situation. And they also had, 
two pros at receiver. I think people, you know, everybody talks about just Kenneth Walker. That was a really good offense at its peak. Like you think about that, the Miami game, the Rutgers game. Um, and so I don't know that like Michigan State has those guys at receiver, at least in the, um, like some of the MSU's younger receivers are really intriguing and could wind up being big play guys. But I don't know if they have those guys sort of ready upperclassmen. Um, and, you know, do they have it at running back? Are there elements of the de- – like I think the defensive line could be – you know, could they need that group to be good. Uh, they'll be good at linebacker. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are some some possibilities there. And if, if, if somebody like Carter is just better than any of us realized um, – you know, you, you could have you could have that that sort of year, and and we'll we'll see it early. Like we'll see they have they have a chance for some signature games early. Right. And if you go to Iowa, or you beat Washington, and, and you win one of those games, you don't, you don't have to start the season up five and zero oh through five weeks, but you need somewhere along that stretch to have a game where you go, oh, okay. That's- well, yeah, like for me, just like in twenty twenty one, it was the Miami game that was yep. going to show me what this team was, and I look at Washington. Now Miami was on the road, this Washington game. And even last year, the Washington game kind of told me what that team was going to be. And it, unfortunately for Spartan fans, it held true. You're not as good as you think that you are. You were ranked going in there. I remember the fans rushed the field. They were playing Purple Rain. And it's just like, yeah, guys, I think at the end of the year, you're going to realize that's not a good Michigan State team. But at the time when the Huskies beat them, they were ranked. But you found out that they weren't. That's going to be the Washington game again to me. You go out there and you beat the Huskies. I think expectations now rise where now I'm going to expect you to to maybe get to 9, 10 wins this season. Not necessarily win the Big Ten, but kind of like in 2021, you were a major player. Yeah. You know, the thing that's going to be interesting about the way the schedule sets up is – if they take some losses there, like you could play really well and lose to Washington, like different than last year, Maryland, you know, Maryland lost some guys, but they recruit return a heck of a quarterback and eight win team last year. And they got talent. Mike Loxley's I think got some talent in that program. And when they do fall apart, it's not been in September. Like, and you know, they beat Michigan state by 14. You, you could play. Okay. And that could be a shootout. And you, you know, Iowa on the road, you could play pretty well and, and lose that game. And, and so the question for me, too, is going to be if things don't go perfectly, sort of the resolve and the ability to, to not let, like what we saw against Washington last year, define a season. And, you know, even if you're two and three coming out of the five-game stretch and you have a bye week and you go to Rutgers looking like a, a, a better team than Rutgers and then playing Michigan and, and – and, um, because there are some games on the back end where I think there's also some opportunities uh, to win and, and, and salvage some things. I think Minnesota might be a little bit down the road game there. Nebraska, I, you know, it's probably a five, four, five, six win team. Um, you know, Indiana, obviously. So you, you can see how you could start two and three and, and, and still be bowl eligible, still be at six wins already going into that game against uh, Penn state at, at Ford field. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the real question also is, you know, what sort of resolve does this team have when things don't go perfectly? Because I, I think the program's in a place now where things aren't going to go great all the time. And and you, they're just not ready. Um, can, but can they grow into a season, too? And, and that's that's sort of what I want to see. 
Graham, appreciate your time coming on, man. Graham Couch, you can read him in the Lansing State Journal. You could also hear him on Couch in the Room. Graham, appreciate it. Tell Jason I said what's up. Will do. Anytime, Rico. Take care. All right, man. See you.